Hey, what's up? It's Laura Landers, and you are listening to the Live Sick, Die Ill podcast. And today we are talking about everything regarding career change and how to be a super superhero mom. Wow. Yeah, you didn't even know I was going to intro you in like that. I did not. This is Heather <laughs> Mathiason. Dude, Heather, I want you on here because not only have you shifted your career, but you have two kids, young, yes. young kids. Yes. And you're thriving in your career. They're thriving in their career as crazy as a kid's <laughs> career is. I know. Oh my gosh, I'm going to look back on this in like 20 years and be like, this is crazy. I know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot happening in our house. I know. And you know what's crazy is you and I, okay, so yes, you and I are very good friends. Yes. And we know a lot of people on the outside that like looking into your life, they don't necessarily really know you, but like, yeah, know of you, know kind of what's going on in your life. And those people have actually had conversations with me and they've been like, how does Heather do it? Because they know that we're really good friends. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, can I be honest with you? I don't even know how she does it. And I'm seeing her life from the inside perspective. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that it looks so impressive from the outside because if you actually went into my house, I know. It feels well, like I have been in your house. <laughs> it's just like, it's like if anyone comes over, I'm like, look, I'm so sorry. Don't look at those dishes. I don't, don't step on that. I don't, not sure what that is. But you like, know what? It's really not as bad as you think. But I feel like everyone that you go into their house, sure. Like, like, you came into my house and in the bathroom, I'm like, oh my gosh, Jordan's hair is everywhere. My hair is everywhere. And I'm like, I'm just not oh, going to say anything. Dude, that's how it goes, man. I, I swept my floor t today. Uh, we have people who come every other week to clean because I can't do it all anymore. But like, it was so disgusting. Like <laughs> the cleaning people are coming in two days and I was embarrassed of how they would judge me when they came to oh, clean because I was just like, this is so bad. But I think with that said, I mean, something always has to give, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you can't win at everything. So that's definitely my philosophy. Like if, if I'm doing a lot with like acting or have stuff going with my career or auditions or opportunities, then you know if you come over, my house is going to be absolutely disgusting. Yeah. But if I don't have a lot going on that front and you come over, it's like I have scented candles and it's clean and there's yeah. like chips and dip out. But, <laughs> you know, so you just have to like pick and choose and yeah, like let go of the idea that you are going to be able to do everything well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No way. Cause we're not perfect. No one can do that. No, but I think there's this expectation. I see it on social media all the time. I, especially like the moms, um, who are so good at coming up with like crafts for their kids mm. and like being really creative, you know, they're like, Oh, we made this, uh, snowman today out of like organic recycled tinfoil that we found <laughs> in the streets while we were like cleaning the park and feeding the homeless <laughs> and uh, you know whatever and yeah. like I see those stories on Instagram and I look over and like Dash is eating like a bag of chips and playing like Splatoon 2 on N64 for like two hours because I'm trying to get something done and I'm like am I failing at this am no. I failing no is he okay <laughs> like because from someone who's not a parent I couldn't even imagine how, how I would parent so the fact that you're like 
your kids eating and having a good time <laughs> I'm is winning. beyond me. Yes, exactly. You are winning. <laughs> He's eating, having a good time. I'm getting things accomplished. Everyone's winning. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, we have days where there's no screen time, where we spend the whole day, you know, outside or doing activities yeah. or he's doing Zoom school and then we go straight to swim. So for me, there's enough of those days that I think it balances out the days when he does sit there and play video games for three hours because, you know, let's be honest, like it's COVID right now. My mm. kids, like schools are closed. So he's home with me every single day. God I mean, bless you. since March 11th. Oh my gosh. I mean, today is November 4th, 5th, 5th. Today is November 5th. And I've had both of my kids every single day since March 11th. Like I'm losing my mind. Well, we did go to Lake Arrowhead for like one night. So there was 24 hour period. Though, come on, that's crazy. Yeah. So I think I have also, and the hardest part has been as a parent giving myself permission to be like, well, if we want to get something pulled over the line today, you're probably not going to win mom of the year. So give them the chips and put them in front of the video game for a few yeah, hours. Right. And then I just try to keep balance of that in my head and know, okay, and then this weekend we're definitely going to go hiking and not do this. So, you well, know. I feel like a, a reason why you're good at the balance is because you're someone I'm trying to be more like this, but you're someone who can't sit still. No. Like I could sit on the couch all day long until my lower back back started hurting. And then I'd like maybe think about getting up and working out. Yeah. Where you are like, I mean, ever since I've known you, you're just going, (sighs) going, going, but not in like an exhaustive way. Cause I, I noticed like fruit is being bared in your life. Like you're, things are happening. You're excelling at things. You're not just like, one of those people that people are like, come on, you need to, you need to chill out for a minute. It's yeah. like, wow, Heather's going, she's going well. So I can't really tell her to stop. Well, I'd, I feel like if my husband was here, he might disagree. <laughs> he's the one person who's like, like, come on. He's like, you are crazy. Like you never stop. You need, you're going to kill yourself. Like you need to just like, do you know why down. you're that way? Um, I've always been really ambitious. I knew that I wanted to have kids, but I also knew that I wanted a career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have always known both of those things. I haven't known a lot about my life, which is very clear. If you look <laughs> at like, you know, how many times I changed my major and dropped out of school and then moved to LA and then it was like, I'm going to be a dancer and then I'm going to own a business and now I'm going to be an actor. Um, but the only two things I really knew was that I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have a career. Um, And so I think that, you know, before I had kids, I was able to sit on the couch all day on a Saturday. I mean, I guess I still worked hard during the week, but I was able to like veg out and like Mm -hmm. not go do anything. But when you have kids, it's like every moment costs me something now. And that did not exist before I had children. So every moment costs me something. So if I'm going to choose to sit down and watch a TV show instead of pick up a script or break something down or send that email to a casting director or figure out, okay, write a scene for myself or produce a project, then me, because I have such a limited amount of time sitting down on the couch, costs me 
my yeah. career. Right. Where before it didn't. I could sit down on the couch. It doesn't cost me anything. It costs yeah. me like, you know, <laughs> 45 minutes of my life. But now it costs me an opportunity. And every time I'm like working, that costs me time with my kids. Yeah. Or really time with my husband. So every project that I'm a part of has to be worth it. And it doesn't always have to be financial. Like that's a really big right. thing. It either has to provide me money opportunity or shoot there's like a third one that I live by (laughs) joy I don't know (laughs) no it'll come back to you yeah yeah or like passion project like yeah like it has to be yeah it has to be either for good pay or it opens a door or a connection or an opportunity or it has to be because it's something that I really believe in and if it's not I just don't do it where I used to I think say yes to a lot more things and now I'm like no I had um, you know, I used to own a dance studio and wait, so, let's go back a oh, little yeah. bit. Okay. No, because yes. this is good. Yeah. I want to jump off of what you're talking about yeah. for our listeners who don't know you. And the whole reason you're on here is because you're just, you've done so many switches in life, <laughs> but you're, you've done them all really well. Oh, I'm glad it looks like that. No, I feel like it's, it's true. Been like well, crazy. <laughs> I know. Right. So you came out here to be a dancer and then you owned a dance studio. Yes. And then you became an actress. Yes. But also within the acting, you're booking commercials, you're producing, you're writing. Yeah. I, I am new to the writing, so I wouldn't insult all of the writers out there <laughs> yeah. by saying that I'm a writer. But you will um, be a writer. But I, yeah, I, I always think of it like, you know, when... I was dancing. Um, I started really late, like 15. You know, I started doing competitive dance super late. Uh, so I never thought I would be a dancer. I just I just loved it. Um, but when you're a dancer, I feel like once you hit a certain point where you've really dove in and studied and trained hard and worked, it's like I was really ready to choreograph. Like that made sense to me. That was like the next move was like now I create and I share and I tell my story too yeah and so as an actor I feel like I've spent so much time these past five years that I've been transitioning into just training I mean even the first two years alone I only trained and then and I mean like hardcore like a two-year Meisner intensive like you know we had to rehearse twice a week for three hours in person and go to class and that didn't even include all the extra time that you're memorizing lines like working on the scene independently like you know it was it was like a 20 hour a week gig that I decided to do that paid me nothing that cost me money Mm -hmm. and I did it right after my son was born and um I feel like now as I've been acting more um writing is like choreographing so I'm starting to like get my feet wet and be like I could write a funny scene and all I do is like watch Seinfeld and just I love Larry David (laughs) and I just love like breaking it down and stuff I just like it's such a classic sitcom and I know that's not the way that a lot of the shows are coming out right now but there's sort of some fundamentals in there that I just love um so yeah so I'm just sort of starting to get yeah my feet wet and see what I can create I also am a huge believer um, in just creating your own opportunities. Like no one is going to hand you anything. Nope. I mean, not in any career, I don't think. And but if they do, especially it's not worth industry. it. Like it's not the cream of the yeah, crop. Or like, yeah, or you're just like at their mercy, like yes. hoping they're going to give you another opportunity or job or something again. So yeah. 
it's like what we're doing right now, right? Like you're like, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to be a host. I'm going to create momentum and opportunity and following and energy. And that's exactly what I think you have to do to survive in the entertainment industry is to, you know, always be putting lines in the water because yeah, sure. It would be way easier for me to like book a show, but I am trying to gear up to make that theatrical push. I knew I didn't want to go prematurely in pushing for a theatrical agent or auditioning. I wanted yeah. to be really well-trained. I wanted to be done having my kids because I didn't want to... Yeah, yeah. It takes so much work, right? There's so I was going to build up all this momentum and then have these babies, which I wanted to you know, yeah. spend that time when they're really little with them. I didn't want to yeah. be working in a way and they're in daycare. So... Um, Let me touch on something really yeah, quick. What yeah, you said go for it. I'm a huge fan of, and I I want to ask. Maybe you can help one of the listeners. Is when you've transitioned mm-hmm. careers, you are very mindful of what it takes to be successful in your transition. Yeah, and at the beginning of the new venture. So there's two separate things there, right? Because you go through the transition, which is so hard. Yeah. But then once you're done with the transition and you're in the new venture, you'll have to have this wisdom yeah. in it and like confidence in it. And especially if you're new at it, like yeah. you were new. Yeah. At, like you and I both grew up as competitive dancers. So once we moved to LA, we were experts in that field and we were, ex- we were experts in it from being kids yeah so it's just a different form once you're like I'm gonna do acting and I've never done it before and now I'm a full-fledged ass adult and you're like (laughs) like holy shit like like I have to now face the actual fear of being a beginner yes and so since you've done so many transitions and you're transitioning now into writing and like that is different than just acting it does help obviously being an actor and all of that is there any advice that you would give through the transitions or like holding in that wisdom yeah for anyone who's trying to transition into anything not even with careers but yeah i think there is um okay i have to pay like homage to i okay so what i did when i uh well okay i'm where i even ask this question okay i'm going to try to make this really simple <laughs> not go crazy so Owning a business, you know, I owned the dance studio for six years, taught me so much about community, networking. I was a member of the Chamber of Commerce in Agora Hills. Um, You know, I did a lot of, like, events to help give back to people. We scholarship students who couldn't afford it. And we built a lot of really positive energy and momentum in that community and uh, provided a safe place for kids to express themselves. And I learned a lot of hard lessons. Um, I, I had to fire people. I had to hire people. I had, I was like 25 years old when I started it. I mean, it was, it was absolutely this crazy idea, but I was very sure that it, it was in 2009. It was like a, you know, a huge recession and a lot of things stacked against me, but um, I just, I believed in the vision of it and what, what I was trying to do, like, so, with so much conviction and I was willing to work really, really hard. So I learned a lot. So the, I also learned a lot as a dancer before this, when I first moved to LA, I was 20. Mm -hmm. So like 20, 25, I was out here trying to be a dancer. I was on edge performing arts center scholarship program when I was 20. And then I got off that 
and I failed miserably. I actually have a book saved um, in my computer that maybe one day I'll ever a get memoir? to. A memoir? A memoir card. Yes. Well, it's, it's memoir slash like unsolicited advice called How to Not Make It as a Professional Dancer. I couldn't have done more things wrong. I mean, I hated how the industry worked. And this Same. was before social media. So it was like, well, I'm not going to go to that party because the only people who are going to that party are like try people who are trying to get jobs. So I didn't go to the party. <laughs> Guess like, who got the jobs? Guess who got the jobs? Not Heather. Guess who got the jobs? The people at the party got the jobs. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, just so many things like that. And, and like, I, I wasn't willing, um, you know, I had, uh, I suffered with a, a binge eating disorder. That's a whole other podcast. That's it not sure this is. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't, I think I waited too long to get help with that. I wish I would have done that, you know, gotten ahead of my health yeah. uh, journey sooner. I think I wish I would have learned the power of networking and how that even worked. I think I would have, uh, wish I would have embraced the industry instead of hating it. And um, like the last dance audition I went on was in this really small room at um, Evolution when it was like still on Lankershim. And we were in this really tiny room, not very big. There's maybe 70 dancers in the room. And we were auditioning and I was like, my parking meter was gonna be up. And it was like this artist that no one even heard of named Lady Gaga. And uh, everyone was like, I hated the choreography at the time. And I just, I, it was really sexy. And I wasn't like a good sexy dancer. And she came in to the room and she addressed us all. And she was super sweet. But, you know, she had shoulder pads that were like sticking out like eight inches past her shoulders. Um, and no one had heard of her. And my parking meter was up. And like everyone was in bikinis. I'm in like a bad pair of camo pants. Like <laughs> I shouldn't have even been there. And I didn't want to get a ticket. So I just left the audition. <laughs> I have now definitely could... done that once or twice before. Oh, if you go to that Lady Gaga audition right now, it's probably like eight, 900 dancers. Like oh it's gosh. insane. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot of mistakes. So now I decide, okay, I'm in my 30s. I've had a kid. And I'm going to become an actor. So back to uh, Greg Hoyt, who I decided I was going to go get life coaching. So someone had recommended him. Um, and I went and I paid for life coaching because I just wanted someone to put me in the right headspace, to start me out in this industry, to get me in a really positive place to kind of talk and work on myself and what my goals were and my ambition and pump myself up for how hard this journey was going to be because everything is stacked against me uh, and against anyone who wants to be an artist in LA, really. Yeah. Um, so that was fantastic. I think everyone, you know, a lot of times we're the, we're st the ones standing in our own way. Mm, um, you better preach. Oh, yeah. We are always standing our way. So if you don't start by working on yourself and self-improvement constantly and trying to become more and more aware um, of yourself and how you mess up your own life, uh, it's really hard to be – maybe you'll get success, but to sustain success yeah. in, in any industry. And the other thing was I was so afraid of – what people thought about me when I owned my studio, that there were times where I wish I would have stood up for myself more. And as a dancer, I was so afraid of it like not working out because it was too much of my identity. It wasn't something that I did. Dance mm. was who I was. Right. So as an actor, I was like, wow, this is something I want to do. Um, it's not who I am. And yeah. Greg was like, listen, 
there's no rules in this industry. And so you can either get really angry about that, which is what I did as a dancer. Yeah. Or you can get really excited about that. And I was like, yeah. Right. Because he's like, because you're starting late and you're like sitting here telling me this thing of how like, oh, you know, it's going to take you 10 years and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, why? Why would it have to take you 10 years? Why? And so... Like, if you go to my website, which is whynotheather.com. That's right. Whynotheather.com. <laughs> W-H-Y. Um, that's how I got the name for my website. It was like, why not, Heather? Why not now? Why not me? You know? Yeah. And, Great branding, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and then you probably, like, go there and, like, check it out. And you're like, I know why not. No. no <laughs> your website is really cute. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's all good. But... It was true. Like, why is it not my turn? And I think that's where I had a really big shift in my confidence and my ability to stand up for myself. And and a lot of that came with the failure I think I had as a professional dancer and this, the success and failures that I had as a business owner. And then I had a child. And the thing about having kids is that they take away so much fear in your life um, because the only thing you care about is like, them being okay yeah that's beautiful and I wasn't afraid I'm never I never go to an audition and I'm afraid I'm not afraid to do a scene that doesn't go well in an acting class like I have performed at Groundlings and totally flailed (laughs) and I am not afraid to do that it does make me absolutely like you know, having a kid has made me absolutely terrified of all kinds of other things sure. that are completely overwhelming and paralyzing, <laughs> but my career is not one of them. And so in a way, it's like released me and given me a lot of freedom to just go for it. Like, yeah, am I the oldest one in my acting class? Sometimes, but really? Sometimes, yeah. It's mostly like groundlings. Scene study, there's usually a couple of us. I, I guess I could see that. But, but like, the thing is, is you're not even old at all. No, but like when you're starting a two-year acting program with like other people who are trying uh, to get into yeah. acting, I there's guess, really I only guess. like w- one or two other people your age. Most of the people in there are like in their 20s. You know, they don't have kids. They don't have right. all this stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I just, I I, I, I sort of lost my train of thought, but it just has really made me not afraid to go for it. I'm just not, I'm not afraid. Like I didn't, like if I look stupid in front of a group of people, like who cares? You know, I go home and everything that I love and care about is okay. I'm okay. So I don't think I could have felt that level of like freedom, uh, without them. If that makes sense. And and the level of hustle to me, who's not a parent, it makes sense to me to a degree yeah. But I don't think anyone could really understand it until they have kids. Yeah. And it just, yeah, you just don't really care about a lot of stuff. You know, there's no drama I want to be a part of. Mm, um, no, There's no. no, yeah. Like, you're <laughs> like, like, I am, all my energy is going to my kids. Do you think I have energy for your yeah, drama? Yeah. No. And, and yeah, totally. And I've, I've also been part of projects that, you know, collaborated with people and uh, who are respectful of, time not just my time just just time like anyone's time or they come disorganized or they're not prepared or like you know and it 
it really gets under my skin and not in a way like, yeah, sure. I'll be like, Hey, we got to get stuff done. I'm not going to blow up on anybody, but it kind of also makes me really hyper aware of like who I'm going to work with, who I want to collaborate with, you know, it has to be people who get things done, who pull things over the line and execute. Um, and a lot of artists don't execute. I've seen the most amazing mind blowing talent where I'm like, you are so much more talented than me. How am I pushing harder and doing more. But if you don't have the hustle, I mean, right. I don't know. Which some people, me included, it took me a long time to find the hustle. Yeah. It's like it took hard. me a big breakdown to find the hustle. And some people are just, honestly, they had really good childhoods like me. And you kind of get to go after your dream is a yeah. privilege and you don't have it. You don't need it. You have the yeah. talent behind you. Yeah. But then you find out it doesn't take you anywhere. Yeah. And, and like, I've had to fight for everything. You know, like I, I feel like I've had to like prove so many people wrong, like through my journey. And I have like this really stubborn, like bulldog. <laughs> we Sorry. laugh because we both have bulldogs. But <laughs> but if you didn't know, Heather's bulldog, Pearl, it's an English bulldog. She's. I, I want to say she's famous. I know she's technically not, <laughs> she's but to not everyone, I, like literally everyone who knows her, she's famous. She, she, yeah, she melts a lot of hearts. She melts every single heart ever. If she doesn't melt your heart at, what is it? At, her? at Pearl the Bulldog. On Instagram. Yes. Go look at her. You, oh man. Anyway, sorry. So no, yes, you're yeah. a bulldog. I am. I'm a bulldog. I dig my heels in. I'm stubborn as hell and I got a lot of grit. And if I want something, I'm going to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know that, that quality has served me well. The problem is I had a son uh, the, first, the second one's too young to tell, but the first one got that same quality. <laughs> yes. So, you know, everything in life, there's, you know, two sides to a coin. So I'm having to deal oh my with gosh. that. So let's talk about um, Dash's career. Okay. I love that you call it a career. <laughs> it is, though. Is it, it At least yeah. a, a you know, childhood career. Who knows if he'll yeah, who be knows? done with acting and move on. Because how old is he now? Five. He just turned five yeah, like a was, week ago. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So and I almost don't even know where to start with this question because I don't get it. And it's amazing to me how you can have an acting career where you're, you're booking commercials, national ones, everything else under the sun, and Dash is booking TV shows, commercials with you, without you. And he loves it. And you love it. And the family loves it. And I know that the audition processes aren't easy. And I get all of that. Yeah. I guess, in a way, how did you even get him to love acting? Because that is a, like, killing two birds with one stone. Oh, well, I think it, you know, I have two kids now, so it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Dash was such a natural. I mean, when he was one years old, he used to love to blow kisses. And we would, like, go anywhere we went. I mean, we, we could walk to our Trader Joe's. So he'd be in the cart blowing kisses to everyone in the Trader Joe's. They all learned his name by the time he's one. Like, when he goes to Trader Joe's, everyone's like, sup, Dash? Like, they oh all know God. him, and they've known him for, like, four years. And, like... He would blow kisses at everybody, at every restaurant, you know. And then he, uh, 
had he just kind of had the personality for it he wasn't sensitive to light and sound which some kids are really sensitive to that um he was always a pretty good listener he takes direction really well and he had uh, an unusual ability to like focus on something for a long period of time which so what you're saying is he's a genius child no Uber he's no a genius no child. i could i could tell you, you say it no i could tell you a list <laughs> on the other side of that coin that is like oh my gosh you know no not at all he also digs his heels in he's stubborn as hell he you know he will throw a freaking temper tantrum still he's five years old I'm like when does this end when does this end you know I mean no he's he's definitely just like every other kid a hundred percent but he you know you meet those kids that just are like hey what's up they just want to talk to you they have a lot of personality I meet kids like that all the time you know through some of them are his friends or we meet kids at the playground that are like that like yeah you know, can I pet your dog? What's your dog's name? It's like, those are the kids that thrive in that environment. Sure. And I was transitioning and just started to do it. And I thought, well, if I'm doing it, I'm just going to bring him along. Like, I'll just take some headshots with him too. Or I'll just, uh, you know, on LA Casting, when I signed up, I would search like real mom, real son. And I always thought, well, you know, and you used to come over and help me out. Like you'd come babysit him when I had auditions. Yeah. And so I always thought, okay, well, it's cheaper if he auditions with me. (laughs) Yeah, right. You don't have have to pay pay for childcare. Yeah. Like figure out how I'm going to like get to things. So some of it was just honest to God strategic. And he kind of had like a little personality for it. Yeah. Um, And he was a really good baby. The other thing is that he was sleep trained. So that like really big on sleep training yeah. your kids. Like, and that could be like a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. And that's how you get everything done, especially with a baby. If you don't sleep train, I don't know how you do it. I really don't because my kid sleeps 12 hours a night, every night, Beautiful. both of them. Love that. Whatever. But uh, because he was sleep trained, he was always on a schedule. So I knew when he would be tired. I knew exactly when he'd be hungry. Mm-hmm. I knew, you know, so it was easy to work that around auditions. So we booked one uh, commercial for a water bottle when he was a baby. And oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, we did that one. That um, thank you. That's a long time ago. It's like split second. You blink. Were you in that? I don't know. Let's watch it one more time. Yeah. That's how commercials are, though. It's three seconds of you. But, um, yeah, then, like, we, I was still training and trying to figure out the whole agency thing. And, you know, by the way, if you're trying to find an agent for the first time, let me give you the best piece of advice ever. Drop you're it. better to have no agent than a bad agent because if you have someone who isn't fighting for you believing in you like working with you it's then they are holding you hostage with a contract and limiting your opportunities so when i had dash i turned down five agent offers Literally, which like five how heartbreaking is that for you agent to do it every was time? Very hard because it's not easy to get an agent. No, it was very hard, but I didn't feel like they were legit. I really did my homework and my research. Not that they weren't legit agents, but that they weren't going to be able to create opportunity for him. And yeah. I was also trying to get signed. Um, I only turned down two before we signed, but Dash, I think I turned down five or or the fifth one we went with or something. It was more. And I'm so glad that I did. It cost us probably an extra like seven months to get signed. And I ultimately ended up doing a showcase where they had some really big, you know, real, real powerhouse agents that were going to be able to change our lives. And I did well at the showcase. And as I was meeting um, 
with them, I would like pitch dash. I would just have his little like, headshots and I'd be like, here, here, here. I love that about you. You're such a hustler. Oh, but, dude. I will pitch anything. I feel like in another podcast, you're going to have to teach us how effortlessly you network because if there's like a network queen in my head it's you because you're so good at like bringing something up that needs to be on the on the table but doing it in a like a perfect like a perfectly yeah choreographed way but without it being sleazy or pushy oh you're a saleswoman yeah well it's you know what it is like it's actually not that complicated give first ask second that's the, that's it. That to me is like the rule Brilliant. of networking. Love... It's so simple. People really try to overcomplicate it. If you or bring value, you know, yeah. if you're gonna ask for something, you need to bring value first. And I felt like when by the time I got to the agent meetings, I knew I was right for commercials. I knew I had a good look. I knew I had a talented child, and I knew I brought value. And so when I'm sitting there at those meetings, instead of it me right. coming off as like a car salesman trying to hustle, right. I'm like, hey, hey, and I'll throw in this kid too. We all want it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> take me. I'll throw in the kid. All right. And in like five years, I'm going to have a second one. Yeah. So. I might even have another baby for you. Uh, sign me. No, but like instead of it being like, you know, feeling like that, if you know that you have something to give or offer, then I don't feel bad. I feel like I'm presenting really good products. And if you're not interested in this, then this is not our right fit. You know, I wanted someone yeah. who really, really believed in us and was going to cheer us on. Yeah. So we got a couple of good agent offers um, and we ended up, you know, with uh, Bella, who we are with now, and they've been fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, I also I got an, an agent offer from a really big agency, um, and I I went ahead and passed on it because at the same time that I got this one, and Bella's more boutique, but they're bi coastal, so I knew they were big enough, but they didn't have the same insane roster. So they could as focus the other more on you, right? So I would be a bigger fish son. in a smaller pond, That's exactly, great. as opposed to because I don't I didn't have any credits. So if you go into yeah. a huge agency with no credits, you, I mean, they don't even know who They're you are. They're not even going to like email you. <laughs> no. So I wanted to be, you know, in an agency where they knew who we were. They knew how hard I worked. Um, I, I'm in touch with them weekly. That's great. Like as a dancer, I never, I don't think I ever emailed my agent once. Like weekly, I'm like, you know, thankfully this, the whole year it's been usually because of auditions, but I'll be like, oh, okay, I'm producing this project. Uh, I just want to let you know I'm working with this casting director right now or like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I put this thing together. I'm going to show it to you <laughs> or whatever. I tag them on my Instagram and my Insta stories. So it's about maintaining your relationship with your agent. You're really they're your business partner. So let me talk to you because as you're talking about your agents and how you're contacting them and just with like the networking and how you're talking about bringing value and giving, basically serving, like a servant's yeah. heart, which is awesome. I love that you said that. The main theme of everything you're saying is that you have to bring your confidence. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I feel like especially when people are going into a new industry or whatever, right, in any, whether it's just going to a party in general or actually going to network or whatever, meeting yeah. your your uh, soon-to-be parent, uh, what is it, mother-in-law, father-in-law, oh, yeah. like for the first time <laughs> or whatever. There are many times I, but I'm sure a lot of people, just don't know where to find the confidence. 
you are a very confident person. Oh, yeah, but it hasn't always been like that. So how did you build that confidence over time? Um, Like, was is it like one moment happened and you realize, or is no. it just like truly believing in yourself and like surround maybe it's surrounding yourself with a community that speaks encouragement into you yeah like what what do you think was the key to your confidence success this is so funny um like okay so by nature I'm a positive person and I have a lot of grit and I've always been like I can do that and you know, I remember I went, I used to like try to play basketball. For those of you who don't know me, I'm five foot two. Um, so you can imagine when I was like seven, I looked like I was three years old. Um, you know, like I was one inch high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so small. So I, I would like play basketball, like on the streets of Gilbert, Arizona, at, like my neighbor's houses. And then I got this idea in seventh grade that like, I'm just going to try out for the basketball team and I'll definitely get it. I had never even like, Amazing. I mean, what do they call? I have like a basketball class. So I'm such a dancer. I never even like taken five, six, seven, eight. I had a basketball class. I never had one basketball class. And I tried to decide I was going to try out for the basketball team. Well, I got cut the first day. Um, so there's a way that that hasn't always served me. It's been like a humbling experience of like, oh, maybe you should like train. Um, I, but I'm fiercely competitive. But with that said, like, I mean, I have, I have, um, learn a lot of very challenging, humbling lessons. You know, when I got off my dance program out here in LA was probably the lowest confidence level of my life. Yeah. Um, I had a, a lot of personal things that I was struggling with. And like I said, and then you layer like an eating disorder on it. And like I had gotten a full ride academic scholarship that I had forfeited to ultimately become a dancer. So then when you were like all of a sudden you're 22, 23, and you're starting to watch your friends who were like your peers in school, go out, get, you know, graduate from college, get master's degrees, get these great jobs, buy new cars, get a house. And I'm over here. How are they buying know, all these new cars with all the student loan debt? I know. I know. Don't. I, know, right? I don't know. They got oh real God. jobs. They didn't want to be artists and move to LA. Yeah, but, you know, I, I watched a lot of that happen. It was incredibly discouraging for me. I felt like I was a failure. I couldn't believe like what I had done. I should be like doing what they were doing. I should be, you know, owning a house. I should be. But they also lived in different areas of the country where that was like, you know, a lot easier. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I went through an extremely uh, low, low point in my life. And I, I had to pull myself out and I feel like I was also very lonely and I had decided because dance wasn't working out, my back wasn't working out. Okay, I'm going to do this business. I'm going to try this business idea. And I went back and I took accounting. Well, if there's one thing I was really good at, it was school. (laughs) And I was really at home there. So of course, like I got, you know, an A in accounting, uh, but I, and I, you know, so I was like, oh yeah, I'm good at this. I, this is what I do. And it kind of got me dialed back into that, getting in touch with sort of my more academic left brain side. Yeah. And because I'm comfortable in that space and as an artist, I was still struggling. 
I was able to really excel at that. I was able to excel at figuring out, you know, how do we get a lease signed? How do we get, okay, what's like the next move? How are we going to raise the funds for this? Like, how are we going to budget this money? I, my dad was a CPA, so I'd already been trained, burned in my brain, you know, how to do budgets, how to handle money. I was a, a personal assistant for a CPA the whole time I was a professional dancer. He helped me a lot. I learned you know, a lot about taxes, a lot about, I mean, so much stuff. And as I worked on that part of myself, I grew more and more confident. And that, that ultimately has transcended into the confidence too, that I now have as an artist and realizing that it's also not about perfection and that the most talented people don't always, they're not always the ones eating the fruit at the end of the day. You know, sometimes the most talented people you know, struggle in other areas. So I knew that I didn't know, I knew that I should strive to be the most talented that I can personally be, but I'm not in competition with other people. I just need to work really hard on me and kind of let the rest of that go. So, and then really, I'm telling you, man, having kids, you just don't give a crap. Like, you know, I mean, it's just like, whatever. Like, what had kids like 20 no, years ago. No, no, it, it makes a lot of other things harder about this journey for sure and more expensive. But um, you don't, but I think it's like, it's given me that sort of freedom. So it's been a really long journey. It's not something that. Happens you know, overnight. No. Like, I was just, like, came out of the womb, and I'm like, I'm here. I can do it all. I feel like you – I think you had a leg up from everyone else in a way. Just just a little I bit. I think it's just kind of built into who you are, the fabric of who you are. You're just, like – like you said, you're confident, and you go after what you want. Yeah. But, obviously, things cut your confidence down. you got to rebuild yeah. it, which is so much harder. Yeah. And- but don't you feel like once you fail a few times, it's less scary? Oh. A big hell yeah to that. Yeah. 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 And you know what's the worst though? And I don't know if you experienced this, but I was very talented as a kid. Yeah. I was at the top of my dance classes, top of everything. Yeah. So I never failed. Ever. Yeah. I didn't I was the best, which is crazy. Yeah. Like I is I don't have any shame saying it now because now I am not the best and it I had to fail in my adult life. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. Which is... Hard. I mean, so hard. And I was failing when social media was a thing. I can't imagine what the kids are dealing with now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have it way harder. Friends are filming them and they're like, I'm... I'm a kid. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to figure it out. And they don't even know that it's cool to fail. Like... Yeah. Yeah, no. That's what we're trying to teach them. Yeah. And I mean, I tell tell Dash that all the time. I tell him, like, look, man, like, I don't care if you ever get anything ever. Like, none of this matters. None of it matters. None of it. Like, our family matters. Your happiness matters. Like, we can quit tomorrow. Like, anytime you're done, I'm done. You know? And it's okay to, like, just mess up. It's okay to be, like, super messy and suck at something. I tell You know, he gets insecure when he has to try something new. Like, we all do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... Dude, like, you're supposed to be really bad at this. Like, you're supposed to be bad. I'm like, Dash, what if, like, mom tried to play baseball? I would be really bad at baseball. You know, like, I don't know. It's okay. And so I just want to try to create a lot of space for my kids to take that sort of pressure off. You know, do your best for sure. But, like, man, who cares? Because there's so much freedom in the failure. So much freedom. It just took so long for me to learn that. Yeah, well, we still are learning it. Right. Like, yeah, I still have – I 
had that experience last week and seen study. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, why does the the fear never go away? Like, why does it always come back? Well, we, I think we all know the reason for that. But, uh, man, it's just the reason. Okay, let me transition a little bit. The reason I call you in my mind super mom, I don't call other moms this. Really? No. Oh, wow, this no is way. like a lot of pressure. No. I don't think I'm I re- a super mom at no. all. <laughs> I, the reason I call you super mom is because you parent your kids in a way that I wish, not that I wasn't parented well, I was parented great, but I wish every kid could be parented that way. Like you were just saying with like the not failing thing for Dash and his auditions, but I mean, when I'm over at your house, I see the way you talk to your kids. You talk to them like adults. You treat them like adults. You, you're you not, like, letting them walk all over you. You're disciplining them, but you're also like, hey, man, chill out. It's whatever. Like, you're not trying to kill them with rules all the time. Obviously, there's rules. Yeah. You're just... You've balanced everything so well. Oh, I'm glad it looks like that. <laughs> I know, because I'm sure as the mom, it doesn't no, feel... It, does it doesn't not, feel put together no, at all. it does not feel like that. And <laughs> clearly, I can't even imagine, but I know that that's how you're feeling. But when we look at the way you're parenting your kids, it's like, well, shit, that's why your kids are so awesome. That's why Dash literally is... He is like a... That's why I call him a genius child, and it's probably because you were treating him like an adult oh, from the day he was know. born. Well... You're so sweet. I I think that like we like every family have our you know uh, I don't know like own hardships with inside your own like you know microcosm of family yeah. like that you're dealing with like your own struggles. A big uh, reason why I think we're happy as a family is because my husband is a really good man, and I have to give him a lot of credit. Like we're on the same page with like what we believe, what we believe for our children, how we handle it, our discipline. And that was something that was super important to me before I got married. So it was not an accident. It was a very conscious choice for me to spend my life with this person. And because we got married so much later, uh, we had a lot figured out, I think, already. Um, So I have to first and foremost give him so much credit um, for all his support. None of this would be even possible without him. But... I also think that um, every child is so different. I mean, I learned that teaching dance. So it's so easy to like look at one family and get an idea of like how awesome they are, how great they are. I know so many great parents and so many great families. And I think what I've learned though from teaching dance is that like every kid is so different and they provide their own sets of challenges at different stages throughout their you know upbringing and dash is only five like he could totally suck at 10 you know like we don't know where this is gonna go yeah you know he's pretty cool at five but like seven might be hell like we just do not we just do not know and I think that you just try to do the best that you can with the kids that you have and having a second child who is so different than dash 
which we were so relieved. It's <laughs> so funny. You think Dash is like the genius child, but Mike and I were like, there is only room in this family for one Dash. <laughs> and thank God we got this like chill ass little like Duke that came along. He's just like oh, chilling. Like he's, he's so sweet. Like the snuggler, you know, Dash is like, oh, get away from me. I have things to do. <laughs> um, I have a meeting to go to. And Duke just like, like he just wants to like snuggle and like be there. And they're so different, you know, and every so family precious. is so different every kid's so different um but I do think you know my my dad uh you know I told me a lot when I was a kid the only thing that he ever wanted for me was to be happy and he also was a big believer I think in pointing out that the quality of your life is right now and today so we're always like hustling to like especially I think with our kids I also learned this watching a lot of you know, parenting techniques at the studio. Mm. Cause you can see the ones that turn out, the kids that turn oh, out really yeah. solid, there's similarities in the parenting and right. the ones that end up a little more unhinged, maybe like there's similarities in those, yeah. that parenting and those fam- family dynamics. So I had like a unique insight before I had my kid, but you know, I do think that his quality of life is today and right now. So I'm not going to worry about, you know, how is he like get him getting into an Ivy league school and all that stuff. Like that's his own journey to be had, but there's some fundamentals that I think are key to happiness. And so I try to focus on instilling those in him as opposed to looking for some sort of result. He is, has his own life to live his own choices to decide and to make. It's not like my journey to be had. I just have to kind of say like, Hey, well, you know, here's the shit I learned. That's all I got. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> right, right. You know, call call me if you need a free meal. Go fail. <laughs> yeah. Go fail hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> call me if you need a paleo recipe. I'll be sitting at home. Like, it's just like, yeah. So I think I've always known that the children were not mine to, quote, control in a way. Not that I don't discipline them, obviously, but they're not right. mine to control. So I try to give him power in the areas that are appropriate and guide him in you know, the areas that he's not ready for that kind of power and just try to hope that he's happy, you know, and pay attention to that. And I, and I think about when I'm disciplining him, the kind of relationship I want to have with him, which is really hard to do in the moment because sometimes you just want to like wring their neck, but yeah, I just don't want to drive him away from me at the same time, you know, so that you're that doing matters. a really good job. So, well, thank you. We'll that, see how 10 goes. That power thing is that I yeah. feel like that is so good. I, me not being a parent literally would have never thought to be like, okay, I should give my kid power in the oh, areas he can. I learned that from a parenting webinar, guys. Yeah, I'm not going to be on any kind of parenting podcast, you guys. There's a lot of resources. There's a lot of books, sleep training books. You're a resource right now to <laughs> other people power. who are following yeah. that either are parents or aren't and want yeah. to be parents. Well, I think att- it's attention and power. Those are That's what drives a lot of children's behavior, right? Enough yeah. attention and enough power. So if you're trying to balance that a little bit out, you know, then I, it goes a long way. So, so if you had... This is the last question I'm going to ask you. Okay. If you had one piece of advice to both people who are not parents who want to be parents or parents who are currently feeling like they're flailing, like they just can't do the career, can't do, like they just don't feel successful. Yeah. Because I know, like, for me, I still feel like as not a parent um, that 
there's no way I could have a career and have a kid right now. Like yeah. I just, I would, I would kill myself. You know, like that's yeah. what people say. Yeah. Um, what piece of advice would you give, you know, either team? Um, because you were someone who was so career driven before kids and is career driven while you have kids and you did it so well owning a studio before kids and thriving and now you're doing such a good job with your acting career. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. I need to just keep you on my little shoulder every day. <laughs> That's what best friends are for, right? So what would you say to the people who are like either struggling or are afraid that they're going to struggle with kids in their life? I think if you feel like you're flailing and you're a parent, that's totally normal. I feel like that all the time. You know, I don't want to ever, no matter what it looks like from the outside, give people the impression that I don't have days where I feel like quitting. I do. Um, or days where I don't absolutely break down in tears. Uh, I definitely do. <laughs> or days where I you know, don't feel like I'm failing either as a parent or as an actor or as an artist or I haven't reached my potential. Um, and that that's like super normal. Uh, and so you can kind of lose yourself in that uh, feeling. I, I think that I have at times in my life. Um, but Sometimes it's important to just not listen to how you feel and know that regardless of how I feel like I'm flailing or I feel like yeah. I failed or I feel like I'm not able to do it all, um, it's really rooting yourself in the fact that you are enough and choosing an action step that is not related to the feeling that you have and knowing that regardless of how you feel in the morning you will wake up mm. and do the action and so sometimes for me that might be like wow I really really feel like I have totally failed uh as an actor today so my action step in the morning will be to wake up and email my agent or email a commitment to the group of people that I've been meaning to start a project with so that I'm forced to start uh, having the conversation or do some sort of action step that is going to move the ship yeah you know further away from the dock um and sometimes I might be like wow I'm super failing as a mom like my kids are misbehaving because I, they don't have my attention and my time and so today I'm not gonna get on my computer until they go to sleep and we're going to go to the park and get gelato, you know, like, yeah. So I think it's about allowing yourself to fully have that emotional experience and let it land on you. And then regardless of it coming up with an action step, that's going to, that's pro great. propel you forward. So great that would, what I, I would say, and I would say that even if you don't have kids, yeah. Um, I'm taking that right now. Yeah. I'm like, what action steps yeah. should I set for myself yes. tomorrow morning? <laughs> Cause you're going to feel all the feels. All the time. All the time. The good ones, the bad ones. So that can't dictate the journey, you know? Yeah. You have to segregate that a little bit. And then I think, you know, if you're thinking about having kids, um, man, I think one of the things was that I was realistic and bold. <laughs> I guess would be like the two, you know, you don't want to be so realistic about it that you table everything that you wanted to do with your life because you feel like it's too risky or not possible. Um, so I feel like that's maybe where the bold part comes in. But 
it was realistic where I was at uh, based on where we lived, based on the income that was coming into our household. Um, although even then it was a little scary. I'm not going to lie at that moment when we had Dash. Uh, but yeah. it was possible for me to do the Meisner program. So I wanted to just like, let's just start there and, yeah. you know, uh, look, start learning about the industry and stuff. Um, so my husband kind of gave me like two years, you know, to kind of be like, let's figure this out, what path you're on, you know, you're on and uh, let's, let's do it. So I worked part time, you know, teaching dance still and stuff. And then I d- started getting into the acting and learning as fast as I could, as much as I could, hired a branding coach, you know, um, and we didn't go on a lot of family vacations. I mean, that was just the reality of it. We didn't take a lot of trips. We didn't yeah. travel a lot. We lived, we downgraded our apartment. We lived in like a, you know, older, smaller yeah. apartment and nothing swanky. We you know we drove a f- like reasonable cars and, you know, we just yeah. kind of kept our expenses low to be able to do it and to have a child. Yeah. Um, so I think some sometimes people have kids and they aren't, you know, maybe it's not planned or it just sort of happens or things happen in life that you absolutely cannot control for sure. But there's definitely some things that you can think about, you know, what's my income level? What's it going to, I mean, this is CPA in me. (laughs) Uh, My dad's voice is like resonating through my words right now. But like, you know, what's the budget for childcare look like to, you know, realistically go for my dreams or my goals or my career uh, with having a child, you know, does my partner support what it's yeah. going to take for that one? Yeah. Huge, huge. I could not have done any of this without Mike, like a hundred percent. Um, so I think it's also just about being realistic about some of those things, just money. I mean, yeah. Finances alone. And, um, and, and, and then once you've kind of done the math or gone through it, um, I don't know, throw it away and go for it. Yeah. That's great <laughs> and, you know, advice. There's, there's also people who aren't like me who just will push through and hustle and like whatever. And it works out for them too. Yeah. You know, so I don't think there's like a right or wrong journey. I just think that I'm a little bit left brain oriented in that regard. So I'm more like, I don't know. Right. But yeah, I think the more realistic you are about what it is you want to do and really the amount of time and, and money and commitment that having children really takes. I, I will just say this because I know I'm probably running low on time, but I asked a father at the dance studio when I was thinking about having a kids, Mm. if it was worth it. I adored his children. Um, I had spent many years with them and I just, they were like, you know, that's a kid that I want my kid one day to turn out like. So I'm going to ask him, you know, like, do you, are you glad you had children? And if you could go back and do it all over again, would you make the same choice? And it's amazing. I asked that that question about like 20 parents. And I mean, I'm not kidding you, like 40% said, I don't know. No way. And, and it wasn't that they didn't love their kids, but it's because of this. This dad said to me, Heather, I'm going to be really honest with you. Having kids is like a savage beating. Fantastic. And he was like, but mine turned out pretty good, so I'd have to say yes. But it was the beating of a lifetime. You know, raising them and getting yeah. up and taking care of And that always resonated with me more than any other like advice that everyone said. Cause I thought it was so one visceral and two honest, Yeah, but I think that that is very accurate. 
Um, I totally, at this point, I mean, I told you we're only five years in, so who knows? Ask me to, like 10 more years. I'm so glad I had children. It, his words are so truthful. It is a savage beating. They nice. wake you up at night. They need to eat constantly. They never, like, I swear to God, if my kid puts his foot on my nose one more time while I'm trying to watch TV, I am going to like, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't Slap even him. know what I'm going to do. You know, it's just like, there's no, like I haven't pooped alone in five oh. years. Like it is so, it is so much. It is so much. Fantastic. You know, yeah. So you have to be, that's where the realistic part comes in, right? You yeah. know, um, but I'm super glad I have. No, that's great They're advice. So fun. This so, is great advice. I'm just trying to be like, try to keep it real a little bit. <laughs> well, I think everyone can appreciate the realness because that's what really matters in life. That's yeah, why that's yeah. the savage beating. It that's is a real. savage beating. Yeah. Well, absolutely. For everyone who's listening, if you got value out of anything that Heather said, please follow her on Instagram at why not Heather, right? Yeah. Why period not period Heather. Yes. Can you spell that for us? Yeah. W-H-Y period as in the symbol heather h-e-a-t-h-e-r is that no dang it i messed up <laughs> oh my god i think so they know tired. how to spell it why why not? you got that period not n-o-t dot heather h-e-a-t-h-e-r just in case they're listening yeah. on the podcast yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah please go follow her on instagram she is incredible she has amazing posts they're always about life in some way shape or form that is just i'm like blown away with every caption you do oh thank you i haven't which I is know. fine and I you're, you're being a mom you're you... well you know i'm really just waiting for the iphone 12 pro max so november Isn't 13th it? oh okay it's yeah. coming out very soon yeah okay. pre-sales uh in a few hours oh <gasps> Friday morning, 5 a.m. Oh, gosh. You're going to stay up I have, all I have a broken phone. Can you tell? I, I know about your broken phone. <laughs> and, hey, if you like this podcast, please follow us at Live Sick, Die Ill Podcast on Instagram. Um, I bet you already know how to spell that because of the screen you're looking at. But also, please feel free to follow me at itslauralanders.com. Again, it's all going to be in the description below. But thank you so much for joining us. This was Heather Mathiasen. I'm Laura Landers. See you later. Peace. Thank you.